Powerline Productions wants to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Because of this, we offer a wide variety of books and e-books about homeschooling, homeschool classes, and Bible study workshops like Real Men Build. Pastor Mike and Meredith Curtis, along with their daughter Katie Beth Curtis, have written this comprehensive Bible study to help men of all ages grow in leadership in the home, in the church, and in the world. Learn more at PowerlineProd.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-L-I-N-E-P-R-O-D.com. Powerline Productions, being world changers, raising world changers. What are those priceless gifts that money can't buy? Well, I can tell you one of the first is the gift of time, creating memories with your children. The next priceless gift is teaching your child the value of spending time with God. In the novel, A Few Minutes with God, written for children and teens, the story unfolds about a struggling family and the gift of hearing God and the outcome, which is a wonderful blessing from the Lord. Your children will want to pray and spend time listening to God after reading this book. Visit MediaAngels.com for more information. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey, everyone, and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz and Meredith Curtis on the line with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. And today, we are going to talk to you about Easter on the Cheap. And I'm excited to have you um, on the air today, Meredith, um, because you bring such a wealth of information uh, to every podcast we do together. Oh, Felice, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited because we are talking about my absolute favorite time of the year. I love Holy Week. I love Easter. I love the celebration of Easter. And um, I just love using Easter as a time to teach my children about the resurrection power of Jesus that is in us because we believe in him. Uh, I think it's wonderful as well. And it doesn't have to be expensive. And I think one of the things that we both agree on is, you know, um, don't let yourself get caught up with, you know, how the secular world celebrates Easter, um, you know, because that can be so um, minimalistic of, of really the joy of the celebration. And, you know, um, it's amazing because that is my children's favorite time of the year as well. Um, there's a lot mm-hmm. of tradition uh, that goes into the Easter celebration. And for us, it actually starts with Ash Wednesday. You know, we are Catholic and, and you're um, non-denomination Christian, correct? Yes. Your, your husband pastors a church. And and so we're coming to this from a couple of different um, ways, but I just love some of the things that we do and um, 
there's a big joke in Catholic circles, and I think it's from those of us who are more committed uh, Catholics, but Ash Wednesday, for some reason, brings, it's such a packed church, and um, it's it's more of a, it's not a holy day of obligation, it's not a, you know, a, a mass that you are required, quote, unquote, like a Sunday mass, that, you know, I mean, you guys go to church every Sunday because it's biblical, and same with us. But um, but anyway, it's amazing because that is the beginning of the Lenten season, and uh, this year, as we're recording, it's actually going to happen earlier, and it's starting on February 14th, which is Valentine's Day. And mm. for me, it's kind of poignant because what greater love, you know, mm, has man. I agree. Um, it kind of was a, you know, um, uh, just an amazing, amazing day to fall on. So, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's starting earlier depending on the year, but it just kind of starts the whole, um, the whole tradition for us. And for us, um, at the beginning of, of Lent, as we call it, is, um, we usually give up or fast, um, and even though that seems like it's a, you know, well, that's kind of a sad thing to do, but the kids have really taken and embraced it because we used to do things as a family, and then I always say, one year, St. Anne, so I call my daughter Annie, she decided <laughs> to give up chocolate, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, can we pick something that's less devastating to your mother because, you know, whether I was... I was nibbling on a couple of chocolate chips, you know, semi-sweet chocolate chips that I would keep on the side or, you know, I just kind of had that, you know, chocolate fix every every day and then to give that up. And then I thought, well, because each person picked something individually and then we did something as a family. But then I thought, my gosh, my daughter raised the bar here and she was like all of 12 and she loved chocolate. So I figured if this child can do it, I can do it. And, and so... That's the 40 days leading up, and that was the 40 days um, that Jesus was in the desert. So we use the, you know, how the Bible always uses things symbolically. And so each night at dinner, what we did was we would, um, you know, put aside, you know, some money. So we had like a little box on the table, and um, when the kids were at church and and um, at religious ed programs, like they would send home the little the little boxes. But you know, basically, what you're doing is you're saving aside money, and then you would donate that on um, you know at the end of Easter. But the you know the idea there was you know we were kind of giving back, and it was funny because the kids would find change all over the house, whether it was theirs or not. And I would just have to say. Okay, don't take it from your dad's stash on his desk because he usually just will stick all that change in his pocket and he uses it, you know, when he goes to the store and things um, because the box would be filled way before those 40 days. But that was just one <laughs> of the things That's that cute. the kids, they're so, they were so funny. I mean, I just enjoy kids, period, so I get a kick out of, you know, that shouldn't be funny, but it is funny. Uh, right. So, you know, um, but, yeah, so that was one of the things that we did was we would um, fast from something, but that was such a reminder to us. Um, and then we would break that fast, you know, on Easter Day. And, oh, that's so again, awesome. it was, 
it was um, it was wonderful. And the kids would sometimes say, you know, can I have chocolate before breakfast? And I would say, <laughs> yes. <laughs> chocolate is breakfast. So, but, well, I did. Um, we start Easter devotions a couple of weeks before Easter, and we start with Mary of Bethany anointing Jesus' feet. And then each day we go through one more step of the whole story of what has happened. You know, Palm Sunday, as he comes into um, the crowd and the crowd is cheering him on. And then, um, they, you know, he clears the temple and then there's, you know, the Last Supper and the Garden of Gethsemane and all of those things. So we go through that one day at a time. And then on Easter, we have special devotions. Well, actually, Good Friday and Easter, we celebrate both days. And on Good Friday, the kids act out the Easter story. So we bring down bathrobes. And I mean, of course, they're too big right now. And Rusty and Cooper, I think Rusty will probably be old enough to do it this year. So I'm so excited. But we get out the bathrobes, we get out the towels and, you know, ropes, and they dress up and they act it out. And everybody, you know, has a good time. But it's a really neat tradition because to act it out, they have to know the story. So it kind of drives the story home. So that's been a really sweet tradition in our house. Oh, that's great. And I love it because you guys are all into the acting. I don't think I could get my kids to do to do any of that. <laughs> they're just they're just so self conscious about so many you know because your kids will do it whether they're old or young or when they were little they would do it of course. But yeah, this, the second thing I always like these craft activities um, with meaning is we would take um, a tree branch you know which is. Um, kind of hard sometimes to find, you know, in southwest Florida because we don't have as many trees as a lot of different places, especially after this last hurricane. But we would take a tree branch um, from outdoors and I put it in some um, plaster Paris or, you know, as years went by and I was trying to shortcut things, I found that um, floral foam works in in a container. And then we would, I would cut out or have the kids cut out when they got older, these little Easter eggs in different colors. And I called it the thankful tree. And so each day they, you know, like before, you know, we always started school with prayers. Um, Then they liked to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Then, you know, they liked it like the traditional school because they would hear their friends talking And then they wanted to, you know, like when they were littler, you know, we would do something on the calendar, what's the weather like today, or, you know, stuff like that. And then um, I would save activities like this for, you know, like right after lunch, because it seemed like after lunch or any kind of, because I remember early on my homeschool years, I tried to take a break like we did when I was a teacher in real school. That did not work in the home because you give your no. kids a 10 minute break and it takes another 20 minutes to get them back and then it takes right. 10 minutes to get them calmed down. And so we just, you know, it was so much easier to just work through or as my daughter wisely starts when they're eating, 
at breakfast, she's already reading to them, you know, and, right. uh, you know, it, it works out well. It's like they're captivated. You start early. And so anyway, so that was a great thing. And uh, my grandkids are coming over this afternoon, and we're actually going to start scouting uh, for a tree branch because if we can't find one, um, I'm going to have to have them, you know, ask one of their uncles to help, you know, find something on, you know, one of the properties that they're working on or something. Um, but, you know, it, it really brings it home because then the kids can think, you know, they've experienced a little bit about that day of what's happening. And sometimes my kids would say, you know, especially if they had a hard morning at school, they would say, I'm not really thankful for anything right now. And I'd say, okay, do you want to wait till after after dinner? And they would say yes. And then, you know, by evening, because I would remind them, you know, Steve, you've got some kids that, you know, it's they're – little bit i've got a one grandchild that it comes to mind i love her to pieces but she's she's happy and sad at the same time if that's even Aww. possible but Aww. so you know so we'll just you know have to remind them during the day that you know remember you're going to be thankful for something or remember to you know i want you to remember that so and then by the end of uh, by Easter time, you've got a beautiful little decoration there that is part of your Easter celebration, and um, and it's focused on you know more godly attributes. That I love that. That is really cool. That is really neat. And one of the things that you know you said you did your tree with egg shapes, and one of the things that we like to do is have Easter egg hunts, and of course. We'll just hunt, you know, we'll just put out the plastic eggs for the kids to find. But then we'll say to them, okay, now take five eggs and go find, or just even one if they're little, and go find something that represents new life. And so they might put in a flower or, you know, things like that. And so that has been a really fun a fun thing is, you know, playing with the Easter eggs because Easter eggs are everywhere in the store. So, of course, you want to do something with them. But another thing, my children um, that I used with my children and also at Sunday school, and I don't remember what it's called, but it comes in a little egg carton. And inside each egg is a symbol of everything that happens Holy Week and Easter. So, like, there's a nail in it. There's um, a little gold coin or a silver coin and just all these different symbols of Easter. And I then you use that, to, that too. Yeah, isn't that fun? So it is. anyway, that was something that we did several years when the kids were little and my kids loved that. Yeah, I think those kinds of activities are important to the children because you know, it really brings it home. A lot of times, you know, we, we want to talk about it and like you're dressing up and, you know, and actually doing the experiential thing, that's going to help them remember it a lot more um, than otherwise. And I wanted to share with you, um, those of you listening, um, you can find the show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com and um this is episode, I'm trying to think, let's see, this is episode 257, I believe. Half the time I get these episode numbers wrong, but I think that helps people search for them. But if you go 
to the front of the website at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. There's a little search bar on the right-hand side. A lot of times people miss it. But you can type in any, um, you know, question or topic. So if you even if you type in Easter celebrations, um, you will find this podcast. You can always search the website like that. Um, and so uh, my third uh, thing that we do um, for Easter is actually um, on Easter Day, and that is with the Easter eggs. And we would, um, my niece actually started this little tradition. And through the years, I mean, we've got hundreds of these stupid plastic things. And unfortunately, because I have the big house, I get to store them all. I have these, like, garbage bags full of plastic. And my mother-in-law would bring me, like, more. Oh, I saw these at the store and bought them. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. And um, so, you know, in Florida, you cannot put candy in the eggs and put them outside right. for the hunt because they just melt. So we would just fill them with pennies. And the kids would find all these eggs, and, you know, they all have assorted um, pennies in it. And Grandma would actually sometimes put a dollar bill and put their names on it so they'd have to go find their specific name with, Aww. you know, the money. But um, Kathleen, my niece, set up an Easter store. So they would find all this money, and then she had, I swear, dollar store junk or she would order stuff online or I don't know and some of it you know kind of had Easter flavor to it and some of it was just fun stuff like glow sticks and she'd have a whole table spread out in my lanai and then through the years to keep it on the cheap because you know they've got all the grandkids now and the extended family and nieces and you know um, second nieces and nephews and everything you know assorted so we bought these um like little plastic tubs, and I put everybody's name on it, you know, that are Easter little, you know, $1 dealima bobbies. And, um, again, I get to keep those. Um, but it, it was really cute because the kids would carry their little buckets around with their little things in it and you know, kind of play with each other. And then they started bartering, you know. Uh, well, they have to barter with Kathleen, and my niece is an attorney, so she barters really <laughs> well with little kids. She's really good with little kids anyway, but... But she would just like, you know, I'll see you one up, one more penny for that one, you know, and don't try to be too cheap to me. But, um, you know, and there would be things like pencils and rulers and, and just kind of fun stuff. So they loved it because, um, you know, it not necessarily had a uh, Easter devotion to it other than the eggs and new life, but, you know, it was. Um, you know, such a fun thing for them. And it didn't cost very much because everybody participated in either, you know, and I I mean, the money all came back to me. So it wasn't like I was out money. So right, it was, it was a fun thing. That's neat. Well, we, my, my last one is making um, Good Friday and Easter Sunday a special family holiday by having um, traditional foods, by having um, traditional, you know, people that we spend it with regularly. We don't have family near here, but, um, you know, we spend it with the Nolets, another family. And one of the things that we'd always say to our children on Good Friday is, why is Good Friday called Good Friday if Jesus died on the cross? And so then we would talk about how he paid the price for our sins 
and all of that. And so that my children grew up understanding why Good Friday is good, even though it's so hard. But um, we would have a tradition on Good Friday after we had dinner to watch a movie. Um, as the kids got older, like in middle school and high school, we would watch The Passion of the Christ. But That's when they were younger, we watch. would watch, yes, we would watch another one. But we just, you know, The Passion of the Christ is such a hard movie, but it so portrays what Jesus went through. So I definitely don't recommend it for little ones, but if you have older ones, it really is a great tradition to start to just get that idea Mm -hmm. of what Jesus went through to pay for our sins. So um, that's been a great way in our house that we celebrate because in in my family, especially the men, they spell love, F-O-O-D, and food is a really big thing. So whenever we have traditional foods, that always means in everyone's mind, this is a very special day. So That's wonderful. Yeah, and, and my dad's favorite movie, because um, he loved his religious movies, you know, he had a collection of them. And his favorite movie was always Jesus of Nazareth. And, um, and it, you know, he loved that one. So we have his copy. But I, it's like those are, I don't know, like I have a really hard time watching them as much as he loved to watch them. But I remember sometimes he would, he lived with us at, at the end and, um, well, the last, you know, 12 years of his life. But he would come out of his room and, you know, we'd be watching whatever on TV, and he'd say, put this movie in. <laughs> you know, and it was like, like, okay, we're stopping everything, and we're going to watch this movie. You know, my kids would kind of look at me, and and uh, I remember one of my, my sons, the youngest, would say, Grandpa, is this going to ruin me for life? And he goes, no, it's good for you to watch. You know, and I go, okay, Daddy, which one is this? And he would tell me, I go, yeah, this one's okay. You know, but, uh, you know, because their kids are sensitive, and whereas we don't think, you know, it's, it's kids you need to be sensitive to your kids because some of them are you know can't watch anything really intense um i feel that's why i like the you know the sappy romances you know as my son calls them and he goes bold prediction they're going to get together at the end i go this is like a (laughs) no-brainer i don't have to worry about you know seeing something i don't want to see and just see the the fluff stuff but um another thing without his death there would be no resurrection and so that is so important to explain to our kids and we we celebrate holy week and that is um going to church thursday night friday night and we would either go saturday which is the vigil mass which is very 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 long and if you're catholic um you know if there's if there's a, a service that's more than an hour um, you're looking at your watch, unlike, <laughs> you know, coming to your church, Meredith, where nobody looks at their watch. Everybody's just <laughs> praising and worshiping. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a different, uh, way of thinking. But, um, the, 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 so, so Thursday Mass is a preparation for Friday. It's actually the last time that the Eucharist is actually celebrated. Friday service is a very somber service. And, um, you know, like the cross is brought down um, and it's set up at the front of the church, you know, with just a blank cross. 
because uh, most of our churches still have um, will have Jesus on the cross as a symbolic, you know, t- as a reminder. So it will be a stark reminder, and um, and then that the Thursday service usually it, the services end with you know go in peace and serve the Lord or something like that at the end of mass. Thursday mass there is no ending, like it doesn't it it's just quiet at the end there's no music it's it's just like you know this is the beginning and then it it will start again on saturday or sunday so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like you know this is the beginning of of the of the weekend and then um so friday is all about you know and then that is a day of fast for us and i meant to mention that too ash wednesday is a day of fast which is you know, one full meal if you're older and, like, if you're, if you can't, if you're sick or whatever and you have to eat, you eat. But it's, you know, two smaller meals. Um, or if you can do the bread and water, you do that. And the same thing with Friday. There's no, every Friday during Lent, there's no meat. And for my children who are not big fish eat, like, for me, that's not really a sacrifice at all because I love fish. <laughs> But, um, you know, or I can eat pizza, which is what they end up eating a lot of pizza and spaghetti in lunch. But, um, you know, so for for us, there's no meat. And basically, again, it's just a reminder is, you know, if you ate meat, would that be the end of the world? Because, I mean, my kids sometimes surprise me. I've gotten calls from, you know, a child in college going, you know, there's no no meat selections. And I'm going, the Lord understands you know, I said just fast from, you know, dessert or something else that day. You know, you just mm-hmm. you just pick something. But it's not so much the the details as the meaning behind it. And then the Saturday or the Sunday. Um, one of the things I love about the Saturday mass is it starts in the evening. So it starts once it's dark. And the whole church is dark and their candles are passed out, which I always wonder about, you know, isn't it such a fire hazard? <laughs> you know, especially when you've got little kids, you know, we didn't let our little kids have candles. Other parents are not so. But anyway, and then they come, they process down and you hear the, the Gregorian chant. And so it's beautiful music, but there's no accompaniment of instruments at all. It's just mm. the voices. And then they light the candles, the first person in each pew, and then you see the lights start in the back, and then they slowly spread to the front until the whole church is illuminated. And then the readings start from Genesis all the way through. And if you look at the book, um, you'll see that they don't read every single reading, or we'd probably be there for four hours and our candles would be burnt down. But they try to <laughs> read from a sampling of, you know, kind of like all of the pivotal verses of Jesus and, and you know, well, the Old Testament, so the fulfillment of prophecies, you know, of of all of this coming to, um, you know, the, the death and resurrection, and then they read about the resurrection. And then it, it, when they read about the resurrection, um, then all the lights come on, and there's bells, and then there's the choir, the choir starts, and all the music. So it's very rich in, you know, in symbolism at that point. 
Um, and, it, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful service. It's a beautiful reminder. Um, and it's uh, and it was so funny because even if we would go to Saturday Mass, and this is, you know, now at this point I'm talking about I have teenagers. Um, you know, it basically is Easter, you know, because it's a vigil. And they still wouldn't break their fast, you know, because they said legally we could have you know, candy now, right? Because, of course, I had candy for them, you know, after all the sacrifices. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you can. I said, what are you going to do? Because you can also break the fast on Sunday. It's not right. part of the 40 days. And my kids never would. They're, they're, just, they're just so funny. They're like, well, then that's not really, I mean, if you're only fasting, it wasn't, like, hard enough for them. They, can, they considered that, you know, cheating. Um, and so I said, you know, fine. Like, you know, if you want to do that, you know, we can. So they they made the rules harder, Meredith, than my family. Aww. They had to be. But I just loved their heart. You know what I mean? It just, you kind of take a cue from your kids. Because I used to be always, you know, like when they're littler, we're so in charge, right? And we've got it all mapped out. And as one of my children said uh, over Christmas when she was home from college, Mom, you taught us to be an independent thinker, and you've always been open to hearing what we said, even if you didn't like it. And she goes, you know, well, since I've been gone, the boys must just agree with you a lot more. <laughs> so funny. And it's like, oh, so you're not here to just keep me in line. She goes, no, they're letting you get get away with all this stuff. You know, we're doing this and this and this and this. So, um, you know, it was it was really cute. But, yeah, I mean, it's you just kind of take it from your kids and i and i think we're proud of our children you know um and and the legacy i'm hoping um that we're leaving cuz that's what we're trying to do here with all of these events um you know we want to be able to leave our children with a reminder of the real reason for what we're celebrating especially as christians and also not to get caught up in um, I think you put it really well, Meredith, you know, the secularism of of the holiday. Because everywhere around that you're you're seeing, you know, the Easter bunnies and the and all that stuff. And not that that's bad, it's just that it takes away from for us anyway, the real focus. And it and it was funny because my kids play sports and so a lot of times their team meals would be things they couldn't eat. And it was um, my kids both play played at a Baptist high school, and so one of the boys one time goes, "We need to let our moms know, you know, about our token Catholics here who won't eat meat." That's so, so it was cute. funny because some some of the moms would, you know, send something, and there my kids never like to eat before the games anyway, so that wasn't a big deal to them. But you know, I used to always say to them, "Well, bring a peanut butter sandwich or bring bring something if you want," and they're like, "No." But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, um, you know, and I think it was an example because so many times, you know, why do you fast? Um, Amaris, I know you're big on fasting because I've been with you, um, when you've been fasting, like even before a conference and, um, you wouldn't break your fast until after the evening service when the conference was done. And, you know, you know, the value of fasting, yeah, and I think that there's something that is 
difficult for adults to understand about why would Jesus take on the sins of the whole world? How could he lay down his life and then take it up again, conquer hell, conquer sin, rise from the dead? But for some reason, if we teach this true story to our children, there is a level of faith in our children to receive and understand it. And the Bible says, unless you become like little children, you cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. So don't underestimate as you're, as you're planning Holy Week activities and Easter activities, don't underestimate what your children will understand. Because sometimes their simple faith understands more than our complicated faith because it's not tainted by doubts and things like that. So um, I think that as you put things in place to celebrate Holy Week and Easter, that there is going to be a lot of good fruit in your children's lives, not just now, but in years to come, in generations, and even when we're gone, their children and their children's children. So it really is ex- an exciting time and a miraculous time and um, definitely a time to impart faith to our children. Well, I think that's beautiful, and, it, and you're right, because I think as as I was sharing with you and explaining how my kids added more and more because they were identifying with, you know, this is like no sacrifice compared to what the Lord did for us. And I'm just so thankful, as I know you are, that, um, you know, that my children love the Lord and, um, you know, I always pray for them and for their faith. And I think that's one of the things we'll probably never stop doing as parents. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for listening, and Meredith and I will be back again uh, with more um, ideas on the cheap. We're going to actually do one on travel on the cheap coming up soon. Take care, God bless, and you can find the show notes at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com, and we'll have links for Meredith's books there as well. Take care, and God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.